<laughs> Welcome to Mama's High on Chai, a space where we have honest conversations about wellness, culture, mindset, and self discovery, all through the lens of motherhood. Hey everyone, this is your host Simi and welcome to Mama's High on Chai. As always, you know what I'm going to say is that I always appreciate your time and your energy and I'm not just saying that, I really do appreciate it. So thank you so much for tuning in and today we are in conversation with Minakshi who is a mom of two little humans whom she calls her warriors, and she is also a creator of a blog called Mama Untold Thoughts, as well as she is a radio host for Ruckus Avenue Radio. She is also the founder of a grassroots initiative called the Lotus Movement, which is a mental health movement focused on demystifying the stigma associated with mental health, specifically in the South Asian community. We are so excited to have Minakshi on board with us today, talking all about what it was like to grow up as a first-generation South Asian Canadian and how that affected her identity and how she perceived herself. Hi, Minakshi. Thank you so much for coming to my show. And Thank it you. It's such a pleasure to have you. I always, I love having um, mamas on, you know, on this platform and, you know, them sharing their stories, especially, you know, someone like you, you're so fierce and so oh. motivated and such a hard worker. And um, there's, there's so much that you're you have accomplished and trying to accomplish and I have so much respect for uh, oh. for mothers like you so so thank you so much I'm I'm honestly I'm honored to have you on on here so yeah for sure oh my god first of all thank you for that intro like I was not, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that so I'm just like oh my god is she gonna stop is she gonna please stop please stop that's one thing about me I'm so bad at receiving like pray any sort of praise or compliments I just get really like not <laughs> awkward but I'm just like oh shit that, they're just talking about me like that's like <laughs> but 100% it's a hundred it's 100% true whatever oh, I said <laughs> you made you made my mama heart feel good so thank you Simi. that's the sweetest uh sweetest intro ever um I want to I want to say the same to you you know I think you know if anything in motherhood one thing that I've appreciated so much is how supportive we are of one another and you know I always emphasize this point that parenthood is this it's a journey it's a collective journey that we're all on and that right. there should be no competition we are all in this together we are all in it to support each other um based you know irrespective of how we're raising our kids how we're managing our lifestyles what right. we're doing outside of our work hours and you know what we're doing for work for that matter right so i i commend you for the amazing work that you're doing and bringing people together and connecting with people and 
um, you know, I think a lot of us moms, including myself, we're doing that and we're doing that through our own um, energies and our own ambitions and our own drives. But I think at the end of the day, our, all of our end goals is to really bridge those gaps, right? Right. So, um, so kudos to you and your amazing work. I have to, I have to give back the compliments because Thank otherwise you. that would just be a jerk move on my part. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, like, you know, as we talked earlier, um, we, like I mentioned a lot about in my podcast about our identities and how the way we were raised in our South Asian community and um, South Asian households and our culture we are, we have certain experiences and upbringing that forms our identity, right? Shapes us as a person. And, you know, in a lot of things, like there's a lot of like societal norms, cultural expectations that, you know, we have to sort of conform by. And, you know, I think even if we don't conform by them, there's always that guilt that we're so mm. conditioned to have in ourselves right mm -hmm. and so like I want to know what your experiences have been like and how what how do you view your identity to be and how it's changed over the years um and to basically and brought you to be the person that you are today mm -hmm. it's um it's such a it's a heavy topic, right? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I am I'm asking gonna... this, but like, how, how are you even going to answer that? Because I just asked it's... you your entire life, basically. Literally. <laughs> yeah. So it's very heavy. So I'm going to, I'm going to try my best to keep it as light as possible. Here. <laughs> um, so number one, um, I can 100% admit that I had an identity crisis because I am a first generation, um, you know, born, raised here in, in Canada. And my parents came to Canada when my mom actually came um, in the in the 70s. So she was um, actually she did most of her post-secondary here in, in Ottawa. So she she um, she was already immersed in the culture. Right. Um, and she was living here with her brothers while her parents were still back in India. So my, my grandfather was um, a part of the foreign services. So he was posted here in Canada and that's how they came here. So, hmm. um, and then my dad, so then my, sorry, I'm giving you a history here. I'm, and it's, I'll, <laughs> that's I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> I love that. it. <laughs> um, so then my, my dad was obviously like, he was in India. He did his schooling in India. And then my mom had gone back for work because she had finished her journalism degree. So she had gone back to India to do some freelancing work with some of the, um, the media companies there, the news, newspaper companies. Right. Um, but at that time as well, she started working for the Asian Games in mm. New Delhi. Mm. And uh, my dad did as well. So they were both in PR and that's how they met. Yeah. So they actually had a love marriage, which was very, um, uncommon, not, not very, common. it was very unheard of around. So this was around 1984. Yes. 1984. They got married. So it was right. very unheard of. So they broke, um, one rule there. Second yeah. rule they broke was my mom, uh, she's a Sikh and my dad is a Hindu. Yeah. So, and at that time in 1984, there were a lot of riots happening between right. the Sikhs right. and the Hindus. So that was rule number two that right. they broke. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then uh, number three, I guess, would be that they decided to, uh, after marriage, they decided to move to Canada. Yeah. And um, I don't know if it was, you know, my my dad's family was in favor of of that, but I, I, I just for, for sake of sequence here, I'm saying that's rule number three and they broke that rule and they came and moved to Canada. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and then I came along like four years later. So 1988. So I always had this image of, and I, I can only say this now, right? Because uh, like hearing all this and knowing how my parents met and knowing that, you know, the, the things that they did to, to get here, I thought, you know, like, why, why were they so strict on me that like, why were they so, you know, uptight about, you know, life and whatever, right? Like, yeah, head and like broke all these crazy rules. So like, why all of a sudden were they strict on me? Yeah. And I think that was part of my identity crisis was because they, um, you know, my mom growing up here, my mom doing school here, I thought she already knew that this was like the Canadian culture and this is what you did. And like, hmm. you know, um, hanging out with boys was okay. And like, right. um, you know, I don't know, little things like going for sleepovers would be okay. You know what I mean? Right. Like just like little things like that. Right. Right. But I grew up in a very, um, like my elementary school uh, was all, like it was, it was pretty much white. Like I call it white culture, right? It was pretty much right. white culture. I was probably, like there was probably a handful of us colored people in the actual school. Right. So I was, I was, you know, all these girls were talking about makeup and they were talking about um, Spice Girls and Britney Spears and, yeah. yeah. But in my, but so that was school life. And then I'd go home and, you know, we were, we were doing like prayers. We were doing, we were watching Bollywood movies. We were, yeah. you know, eating roti for dinner. Right. And like, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was different. Right. So then, yeah. and then the next day you like, you leave that, that piece and you go back to like, oh, I eat sandwiches for lunch. I don't eat roti for, you know what I mean? It was just like, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was hard. Like as a kid, you're trying to like go back and forth between these two identities. Right. Yeah. And, I think where I found myself truly was, um, in high school, you know, because right. I, um, there was a Brown community in high school. There was a Brown crew in high school. And then we all just kind of segregated into our own, um, our own groups, right. Our right. own crews. And, yeah. uh, but then I felt like I was heard. I, I could relate to people, right. Cause people were True. talking about like the Brown culture and, you know, Bollywood movies and food and whatever yeah. the case. Was, yeah. Right. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I think elementary school was definitely hard as much as like my mom did try, like she did try to make sure like, you know, at the, um, the talent shows that I performed like a, a Bollywood number or whatever. Right. And it was, that was like her way of showing that this is like our culture and whatnot. And people would be like, Oh wow. Beautiful color, song, music. Yeah. But then at the same token, like how, like no one understood it really back then. Right. No. So not as much as at least they do now. And I think people understand it probably more now is because like, there's obviously there's more discussion about it and also um, social media. Right. Yeah. Social media. Internet, social media. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We, we didn't have that, you know, no. back in the day. Right. I no. feel like that's like aging me right there, but like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, it was, it was, it was, it must've been so hard for you to really understand, you know, your mother, like where she was coming from, because like you said, mm -hmm. um, you thought she would understand mm -hmm. going to school here 
and sort of, you know, blending into the community here and Mm -hmm. knowing the Canadian culture. Um, And then, yeah, like, it's so interesting that you had those two worlds, like in elementary Mm -hmm. school, like, and how Mm -hmm. you perceive that, like, okay, next day, like, it's like, you almost had like simultaneously two worlds going on. Right. And I I think so many people had that, like from the South, South Asian community. Yeah, unless you were, like I said, unless you were maybe, you know, you had more of a, like more representation at your school, maybe it'd be different. But, you know, again, I was, you know, in a, in a very small suburb at the time. I mean, now it's grown, of course, but at the time it was small and um, no one really knew, you know, about cultures and traditions and that sort of thing. And so even, you know, my my parents are till this day they're still big on celebrating like Diwali and Holi and whatnot right and, right um even like my mom still does Garbajod right like she's yeah. like still hardcore going strong right and, yeah <laughs> and I remember there was a time in high school where I realized that my friends were actually fasting and yeah. I was like why are you guys fasting? Like, I thought this was just for like the married women. And they said, no, no, we, we're doing it so that we, um, you know, God gives us the best of husbands or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Now we're going to to, like a completely other extreme here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that was the other thing too, was that there was a lot of that, right. There was a lot of like, um, in high school because I was now immersed into this Brown, culture and and society in our school that there was a lot of these discussions of like okay this is how we do it and this is um this is how we celebrate like you know certain festivals and and and, but then that was also an extreme for me because my parents did it but they didn't do it to that extent right so there was a lot there was just there was a lot so I almost had to like dissect things from little little like pieces and kind of make it my own right so right right and that only came I think that really um you know I think that really took into effect when I when I actually went to university um and that's when I think I realized that okay I have to I have to stand strong in what I believe in and I can't be continuously pulled from like one direction to another direction and so I actually stopped um doing a lot of religious things because I realized too that I'm not I wasn't religious like I'm not religious I'm yeah, more spiritual yeah. right mm-hmm. so I stopped I stopped going to like the Gurdwara I stopped going to the Mandir and my mom wasn't really happy with me about it yeah. and she's like what you're an atheist and I said well yeah. maybe maybe I am you know yeah, yeah. I don't I don't necessarily like because I had a lot of questions as a kid growing up I always asked like okay yes we have the Bhagavad Gita and we have the Mahabharat but like who wrote this mom or dad, like who wrote this, right? right How do we right. know these stories haven't been manipulated throughout the years, right? Like, yeah, or what? Yeah. How is it that what we're reading and believing today is truthfully what you know the <laughs> higher ups had in in mind? You know, right? You're it's questioning just, like a lawyer, <laughs> exactly, right? I was like, that was me. That was like me, and my parents were just like, just shut up and like, like go with it, right? It's too bad they didn't have Google back then to answer all your questions. Right? (laughs) At least now when our kids ask us, like, we can easily just Google it, right? Yeah. It was, uh, that was a part of the whole identity thing, right? It was, I didn't know, I didn't know what to believe in. I didn't know who to believe. I didn't know 
um, you know, and my, my parents tried to, they did try to like, you know, they said, okay, why don't you try like, uh, going to the, the mothers on Sundays and just maybe like listening. Cause they would recite the Bhagavad Gita the first thing in the morning. Right. Right. I was right. like, first of all, I ain't waking up at like nine o'clock to go drive out to the mother. That's like, you know, half an hour away from home. <laughs> right. Right. So anyways, they tried, they did their best. And ultimately I just went a different path and how did you even come to that, that conclusion? Okay, this is how, this is what, who I am and this is what I'm mm. going to be. And, and, you know, this is my identity. Like, and yeah. obviously like it has to come with some, some form of acceptance as well, right? Because we can't yeah. completely erase who we are. No, and I, like, I always acknowledge that, that I, I come from somewhere. I have roots from, from somewhere. Right. Um, I'm, you know, I, I, proudly say who I am and where I'm from all the time right. but I think um I think what you know what made me realize that I'm not following all these little intricacies and whatnot was I I always wanted to know the reasoning behind things right so right. why do we do it this way why do we not do it that way mm-hmm. um and that's that's just me that's that's my my personality and my my stubbornness as my mom has called it um that I just I decided that unless I know why I'm doing it I'm not going to do it so even like as an example um I grew up my whole life not eating beef right um I grew up my whole life that on Tuesdays we wouldn't eat meat Right. Um, I grew up my whole life that on, you know, days X, Y, Z, we wouldn't wash our hair. We wouldn't do laundry because it was a superstition of some sort. Right. 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 And I just, I, especially I got to, like I said, I think it was university time where I felt like, because I was finally like, and that's the other thing too, right? Like I feel education and, and the more you educate yourself on, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on things, it's powerful. It's knowledge. Right. Right. And I actually took a Hinduism course in university and I remember just, I actually, I dropped out of the course because (laughs) I was sitting there and I was just like, who the F, like, what is going on? I like, I, they were going into like, you know, the dating back in time and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this isn't me. This isn't me. This isn't, this isn't what I want to do. I, I'm more of I'm a realist. So I, I'm, I want to tackle real issues here. So I, I, yeah, I, I, (laughs) I I changed paths very, very quickly. So, um, I don't even know if I answered your question. I don't even know where I'm at in my thoughts right now, but ultimately, ultimately I just decided for myself that if I was going to do something, I would do it with, you know, true knowledge. I would do it with true, um, true dedication as well. Right, if I was right. going to do something, I was going to commit to it. And that's still me today. And I, I remain authentic in that, you know, in that, in that sense, because I'll never do something that falls out of my own personal morals and beliefs. I'll always right, do right. things that I know um, are important to me. And yes, it's definitely been, um, I've had to accept that. And I think, you know, my family has also had to accept that as well, that that's who I am. And, right. um, and they haven't, you know, they haven't shown their, um, their true support sometimes, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's, I always say it's my life. This is how I, yeah. I'm living it. And, um, yeah. And so that's, that's, it. that's just how I, 
And that's the generational gap, right? Like they yeah. always have their own opinions and they are a product of what, you know, the society and the culture that they were brought up in. Mm-hmm. And we are a mixed product of, <laughs> you know, the, the society and culture that we were brought up in, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I can, I have another question for you. Yeah. So, um, like, while we're talking about identity and, um, you know, trying to focus on um, really tapping into who we are as people and what kind of effect those have had on our, on our self-identity, my experience has been really different because mm-hmm. of me being an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Um, I came, I came, you know, when you were mentioning about your mom, I'm like, oh, I came this, around the same age as your mom. So I came here when I was 15 uh, to Canada and so immigrated here. So I've had a completely different life, right? Mm-hmm. And I've had several identity, uh, like phases of identity crisis once mm-hmm. like when I came here and then completely, and I completely lost my confidence and went through another whole phase of identity crisis when I became a mother. Mm -hmm. And, um, so like there were several reasons for when, and I think it's, they're sort of interrelated as well. And that has Mm -hmm. to do with confidence, Mm -hmm. right? Um, really, really knowing yourself and believing in yourself. That was a constant struggle for me. Um, because I always looked for validation Mm -hmm. in the way that I was brought up. You know, mm-hmm. we're so conditioned in our society to mm-hmm. like have that reward and punishment system. And, yeah. you know, it's constantly being emphasized like, or it was right. Like mm-hmm. earlier in the days when we were growing up and uh, my mom, mother raised us as a single mother as well. So mm-hmm. we had, you know, challenges there in our upbringing. And um, so I remember pretty much raising myself and my younger brother. Mm-hmm. right um so just sort of puddling along through life and yeah. um, then coming here to Canada and into a new country leaving all my friends right um so yeah like so what I'm trying to say is like how did you uh <laughs> my story is you know a really long one as well <laughs> but what I wanted to really we'll need, ask we'll you. need a part two we'll definitely yeah. need a part two so did yeah. you have any sort of like, you know, with the identity crisis, I can, I can, you know, un- I can sort of understand that you would have some confidence issues as well, right? Oh, yes. Growing up. Oh, yes. There was a lot of confidence issues. There was a lot of self-esteem issues. Right. There was a lot of self-doubt. There was a lot of, um, I was, I was battling a lot of inner demons myself and it was, um, it wasn't until, um, because I think, so if we, okay, let's go back. Right. So us girls, especially in our culture, we are told to behave a certain way at a very young age that we have to be obedient. We have to, um, listen to our elders. We have to, um, you know, work in the kitchen. We have to take care of the household. Right. Um, and you know, also, we have to be, we always have to be on our best behavior. We're always there mm-hmm. to please, 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 right? Right, right. And um, that's always sitting at your, at your shoulders. And so it's always, always at the back of your mind, right? Yeah. And I, I remember like, you know, I, um, 
oh god where do I even start <laughs> I just have like all these flashbacks coming in yeah me too <laughs> oh where do I even start but I think you know I like, had a give hard me an time. example maybe I I had a really and a, so that was the other thing right because I thought that, hey, my mom grew up here, that she would be cool about certain things and, or that she'd be more open to talking about certain things. Right. Like, but she, it was complete opposite. She was, you know, just like any other, um, you know, any, I, I'm not to, not to categorize, you know, our parents or anything, but like, you know, they were going through their own struggles as well, right? They had different uh, challenges that they were going through with providing for us, establishing themselves in this country as well. Um, so they were dealing with their own. Right. And I, I don't, I don't negate that. I know that was, that was hard, um, on them and that I'm always grateful for what they did for us. But I think in the process of it all, like, yes, there were, there were things that slipped through the cracks. Right. And when we did try to bring it up with our parents, it was, it was always brushed off as you're fine. Everything's fine. We're fine. Right. Right. Because I think they just had this, constant stress on them right that they were that they were working for the family and that everything else had to be okay yeah and so I turned a lot to my friends and I turned a lot to actually teachers I would actually talk to teachers more and I would tell them that you know I I don't feel heard at home I feel like um there was always this big thing between um between um my mom preferring my brother over me Mm. there was always that and you know till this day my mom always says it's never like that but I always even till this day I'm like mom you still go and do his groceries for him at Costco you love him more than me (laughs) (laughs) so don't tell me um you know it's it's, it's like but I think at the time like he was always like you know he he was always um, the favorited one, right? And yeah. my mom would always say, like, you always think that. Why do you think that? And I said, well, I think that because that's how it shows. Like, that's exactly. And if I'm feeling it, like, my va- my feelings are valid, right? But for the yeah. longest time, it was always made out to be that I was making this up or I was right. always causing the problems or the issues or whatnot. Is right? he younger? He's younger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My brother is younger too. I feel the same way. I yeah. It's like, it's the second child thing or is the baby of the family thing well, as and well. I think, but again, and it comes maybe down to it's a boy being, thing. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly that. It's, it's us being female and that we have always been, you know, it's always been told that we are the ones to look after them. Right. Right. We, like after my mom would always say, you know, after, after me comes you, right. He'll look to you as like the mother figure. Right. Like you're telling us to like, you know, a six, seven year old little girl who has no understanding of what motherhood is at the moment. Right. She's living as a kid. She's, she's a kid. Right. Yeah. Let her be yeah. a kid. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah. So there was a lot of that. There was, yeah. there was a lot of turning to other, other people and, um, talking more to other people. So I never, um, I never had that relationship where I could just go to my mom and say, Hey, I need to talk to you about something. Right. Even though she, she would, she'd try. It was just, it, there, that comfort level was just never, it wasn't really there. Right. Um, and it's, it, you know, it's, has it changed yes and no I think it's just I think it's just become more like bearable in that sense because I know who I am now and I know um I know what I believe in and I know what to 
how much I can take and how much right. I can give. Um, whereas when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't know that. Right. I was, right. I was, I would always just throw myself out there and I'd make myself vulnerable. And then in turn, what would that happen? What would happen is that I would, um, I would punish myself. Right. Mm. Because I felt like I wasn't good enough. I couldn't be that good daughter to them. Right. I, I oh yeah, there was a lot of that shit. It was it was bad. Yeah. And I can resonate <laughs> with you so much in that aspect because that's exactly it. As a child, I was like I told you, I we basically we basically raised ourselves, my brother mm-hmm. and I. So who was the older one? I was, and I was the I was the girl. Yeah. So I was more I listened better and I was more responsible. So I took care of my little brother as his second mother, right? Yeah. Um, so as a little girl, like eight, nine, ten year old, like that's a whole lot of responsibility. Absolutely. Um, you know, after school we would I would just, you know, be like, Oh, have you changed your clothes? And have you, yeah. you know, eaten your dinner and um let's do our homework and this, that. And so, you know, that has a huge impact on the way that you see yourself growing up. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I I think because of that, and then coming to coming to Canada, like I had a lot of, and then I went through a lot of bullying as well um, because of the way that I talked. So I was always like, you know, very conscious about the way I spoke and um you know, my accent, I just wanted to get rid of it and that, right? And so I never really like until, like, I would say recently in the last couple of years, I really just started to tap into myself. I constantly struggle with like even, Mm -hmm. and then like, you know, how these things sort of affect your relationships moving forward as well as an adult, right? And um, what kind of issues um, they give you like um when you have lower self-esteem mm. and or you've had it throughout your life and yeah. confidence issues and always looking for validation validation is a huge thing you know especially yeah. in our culture because we are so like so conditioned to it yeah and it's it's obviously like you know i don't want to just speak um negatives here like i do want to emphasize that there were positives as well and, and i think that's you know, it plays a big piece into, of course, who I am today. Um, You know, I think one thing that my parents were really um, fierce about or passionate about Mm -hmm. was that we always, you know, we always showed people who we are. Like, you know, they, they were very big on never, um, you know, be proud, right? Be proud of who you are. Um, Be independent, always be independent. Don't, never ever rely on anyone whether it comes to money whether it comes to your time like just always always value value yourself right right? Right. and those are our key um our key morals as well that I carry with me today and I I apply those same concepts to my life today and um you know I think I think when I struggled with that self-esteem and with that self-confidence and, and doubting myself and who I was and even doubting like my existence, like, did I even need to be here if I was such a burden? Right. I think right. a lot of that, they just, they didn't, they, I don't think they understood how to address it, how to address right. it at that time. Right. Because right. like I said, they had, they had a lot on them as well. Right. And they didn't, I don't think they were able to fully see that 
okay, maybe like, maybe she needs help. Maybe she needs to talk to someone, you know, and it wasn't until university where I actually had to, I did have to, I had to seek help. I had to, I had to speak to, I remember I emailed, it was a really, it was really hard because I, I didn't know. I didn't know if therapy was it. I didn't know if it was the right thing to do because I always had this voice in the back of my head saying, what if, what will happen if your parents found out, right? Like, what are they going to say, right? And mm-hmm. so I, I had booked an ap- appointment and then I think I canceled it like three t- times or four times before I actually like took that initiative to go yeah. to that appointment. Yeah. But it, like, and that's just it, right? Like it, that it came to that time in my life where I knew that, okay, like enough is enough is like enough is enough. I can't handle this, this shit anymore that you right. know, I'm, I'm hiding behind or that I'm, I'm struggling with. And again, it came back down to that that knowledge and that, that educating myself, that that's what gave me that, that power and that fuel to, um, to do it for me. Right. And I, you brought up a really good point. It's like, you know, to have these conversations is not to really speak negative of our Mm. parents and our upbringing in any way, shape or form, because it's, I think I find like when we talk about it, we actually heal through the reflection, right? Like, and, and, and it's how um, life has shaped us, right? Yeah. To be who we are today. Absolutely. And I, from every negative experience or anything that you've experienced in your life, you come out stronger. 100%. Right? Yeah. And, and, and I always say this, like, it's not to, you know, when we talk about these things, like, it's not to blame our parents because they were a product of what, you know, what they had seen and done and, Mm -hmm. and, um, the kind of culture that they grew up in. Right. So, and, you know, and I'm so glad of all the love, like that our parents have given to us in our lifetime. One thing that I've also learned in my life. And again, I I always sound like I'm aging myself because I sound like I'm like (laughs) this 50 year old woman, but I, um, I truly believe that you know, any situation you're in, any experience that you're in, yes, you, you're, you're in it and you're feeling those feelings and you're allowed to feel those feelings. And it must be, you know, whatever situation, it must be a shitty situation. Right. Right. But always, always, always try and look at the positives and everything. Right. Even in people in your relationships. Um, I, I do give, um, the benefit of the doubt a lot of the times because, I, I try to put myself in the other person's shoes or I try to analyze the situation and see, okay, did, um, you know, if I was in that person's shoes, what would I do? Right. Right. Or what would, or, you know, I always want to make sure that I'm not accusing someone or I'm not blaming someone. Right. Because that's very easily that you can do that very, very easily. right? Right. Right. So, um, so if I could, you know, especially now that we're raising our own kids and yeah. they're, they're growing up and they're, um, they're morphing into, you know, little, little humans in, in the society, let's always just be kind. Let's always be right. kind. Let's always be gentle with them. Let's understand their emotions. Let's understand where they're coming from because they ultimately are looking to us and they're looking up to us and they're observing and they're watching our every moves. Um, and it's so important that we, um, we illustrate that, that, 
you know, that kindness and that gentleness. Right. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's my, that's, that's my identity awesome. piece. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know how, like we always, the way that we are raised in our childhood, um, we see different things. And a lot of times this is very common how, um, we say, well, this is what happened to me. Therefore I'm not going to let that happen to my children when mm. I'm raising kids right mm. so how do you perceive that in your uh, motherhood journey um so I think um it's oh it's a hard question <laughs> <laughs> um you know because there's always this like this cloud floating above us moms like just uh, always reminding us like don't fuck this up don't fuck this up right and yeah. we're just always that's always like on our heads but I I truly believe in um you know, kids respond to how, um, how we behave. They, they take in what we're doing. Mm. And I think for me, my personal goals with my girls is to, to keep open communication, mm -hmm. to keep, um, to remind them continuously that, they can talk to me about anything, you know, that yeah. they don't need to shy away from it. They don't need to feel like they're, um, they will be scolded or yelled at or right. that there will be any sort of shame associated to it, you know? And I say this because one time I remember, um, you know, my, I think it was my, yeah, it was my mom who had said, um, and this was around the time where, <clears throat> you know, going to parties was like the thing all of a sudden, right? So probably around like 15, 16 in high school. And she said, you know, if anything, anything ever happens to you, that's it. You know, that's it. Hmm. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean if anything ever happens to me? Like, what, what is that supposed like? You're yeah. telling like, you know, a 14, 15 year old girl this, like, what am I supposed to take out of that? Does that mean like, yeah, is something going to happen to me? Like what's going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I just, but it's because it's this, it's a stigma that we can't talk about these, or at that time we couldn't talk about like sex or sexual assault or like drugs or drinks or anything right. or alcohol, right? Like it was all like that never happened, right? Mm -hmm. You never did that. You never did those things, right? Yeah. And so I, anyways, my point is, is that I just want to make sure that my girls know that this is, it's, it's an open door policy at all times. And, um, I would rather them have that knowledge and education right. with them and they grow with that and that they, um, they make wise decisions because of it. So, uh, yeah, right. I think the goal is to just, um, you know, like I said, just to be kind to our, each other, um, to ourselves, to right. raise good human beings, um, and just always, always spread that love and kindness. Yeah. Well, that yeah. is so awesome. Incredibly yeah. well said. I always say this, I'm a big believer that everyone has a story to share and that we all need to just kick back and listen to each other and hear each other out because there's a lot of, um, there's always a lot of things that we don't know and we should never, um, we should never judge and we should never, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? We should never, uh, oh my God, Simi, I can't think of the word. <laughs> <laughs> Just say you should never judge. <laughs> we should never judge, period. That's it. Full, full stop and that's it. <laughs> 
Oh, that's amazing. Well, it was amazing having this chat with you. I absolutely love, love my recordings and uh, getting to know mamas um, and just talking about motherhood, mental health, and everything that comes in between. Lots of love to you and the kids. You too. I will catch you on Instagram. 100%. You know, we're always there. Well, thank you, Thanks so much to me. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Mama's High on Chai. Please don't forget to subscribe to this channel, refer it to a friend, and review it on Apple Podcast in order to keep this show going. I always love to hear from you so connect with me on instagram at mama's high on chai again i always appreciate your support and sending you so much love peace and healing energy (laughs) see you next time